0: "'tough enough to rip a man's head from his shoulders, "'yet was really as gentle as a lamb. "'There hadn't been much to be thankful for "'since the start of this awful war, "'but the Pearsons counted as the biggest blessing of all "'the fact that their youngest, Arabella, "'known mostly as Bella, "'had not been dragged away to do war work. "'She had been conscripted into becoming a land girl "'and had been lucky enough to be assigned to Joe Briggs "'on a local farm, which meant that most nights "'she managed to get home to sleep in her own bed.' On the other hand, Emily, now twenty-two years old, just eleven months older than her sister Bella, was serving in the ATS, stationed in London at the moment, part of a motor pool, which meant she was chauffeuring bigwigs around the city. Emma's constant fear was for her daughter's safety. Already whilst driving she had been caught up in an air raid. A bomb had exploded only a few yards in front of her car, and Emily had been injured. It was not so much that she had broken a leg and sprained her wrist that worried Emma, but her daughter's traumatic experience of having to be dug out from a deep crater formed from the bomb blast, the memory of which would possibly haunt her for a long time to come. It seemed that you didn't have to be on a battlefield to be in the thick of this ghastly war. The citizens of London were experiencing the worst that the Luftwaffe could do. Suddenly Emma felt incredibly weary, anxious to get home and prepare Sam's lunch. She would enjoy the walk to the smithy, and she thought she might stay there with him for a while. Adding a bag of self-raising flour to the items she had already placed on the counter, she said, I think that's all I need for today, thank you, Mr. Cadman. Joe Cadman reached beneath the counter and came up with two round trees table jellies and two packets of Brown and Paulson's strawberry-flavoured blancmange powder. One of each for the pair of you, he said, happy to see their eyes light up. "'I think I have enough to go around amongst my regular customers,' he beamed. "Marvelous, ain't it?' Aggie grinned. "'We get so much pleasure from little things these days, don't we?' "'Course we do,' Emma happily agreed. "'Jelly and Blamange. Me and Sam will have a bit of a party.' Joe totted up the cost of their purchases, and having paid him, they said their goodbyes, linked arms, and set off to walk home. Agnes's house was in the first cobbled street that they came to, and they hugged each other, saying, See you tomorrow. Emma walked on. Her house was the very last at the far end of the next cobbled street. Opening the side gate, she went down the path and opened the back door which opened directly into the scullery, which in turn led into the big kitchen, used mainly as the family living room. Dumping her shopping bags down, Emma did as she always did, "'and went through the passageway "'to see if there was any post lying on the doormat. "'There was. "'Just one letter. "'Turning it over in her hands "'and glancing at the big, bold writing, "'she knew at once it was from their Tom. "'Oh, how her heart gladdened! "'That boy could put a smile on her face "'just thinking about him. "'He was truly a godsend, "'and he had come into their lives solely because of an organisation "'known as the TOC H. "'In the year of 1930,' This quiet village had been altered considerably by the arrival of two coachloads of orphaned children, most of whom had never known their parents. Brought up in an institution, they had never known the love of a close family. They were given two weeks' holiday, which had been organised and paid for by a team of men who were TOC-H society members, who had made themselves benefactors to underprivileged children. Families in the village had been approached and asked whether they were willing to offer hospitality to any of these children. Emma had discussed the matter at great length with her husband, Sam, and they had agreed to take two children. For herself, she hadn't been too bothered as to whether they were boys or girls, but Sam had been all for having boys. The Reverend Michael Coyle, the rector of their local church, had encouraged local families to open their homes to these young children, who had mainly spent their young lives shut away in institutions. Michael Coyle was a big man, very attractive, with deep dark brown eyes and thick brown hair, who had time for others, time to listen, and would always help to the best of his ability. Yet he himself had suffered a great tragedy. Years ago, a lorry had taken a sharp bend in the road far too quickly, mounted the pavement, and his wife, together with their two young sons, were all crushed against the side of the village pub, After the accident, Michael had left the village for six months, staying at a retreat. But he had come back, saying that this was where his family were buried, and this was where his life's work was.